The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. gentlemen it's monday and that means it's time for the wrestling inc monday night raw after show and if we got a show for you Jax is back we've got batman being played by drew mcintyre but more importantly than anything else we saw triple j has returned baby now before we get into all the news and everything else let's go ahead and introduce the team i'm jack farmer being joined by justin labar and the returning legend Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, where you been? Uh, I just happened to travel uh, seven time zones away over to Greece with the missus. We took a little uh, vacation to uh, celebrate our wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Greece. Yeah. That's a that's a far drive from where you are. Yeah, it was a heck. I had the wipers going most of the way. So, you know. <laughs> Hope you had the windows rolled up. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely use the air. <laughs> well, well, I'm I'm glad you're back. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be fun getting to hear some of your uh, thoughts on what's gone down since you've been away. Uh, but Justin, how are you doing? How's again, as always, how's the fantasy team? Fantasy team's great because I have the Miami Dolphins running back who scored four touchdowns, so I uh, got a whopping forty-five fantasy points just out of him. Uh, but I'm 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 great. Otherwise, uh, I'm happy. It's Triple J back. I, if you want to know the excitement inside of me that that, that that Jimmy's back, just picture Goodfellas, picture Henry Hill in the shower, and he hears on the radio the breaking news of the Latanza heist, and he just starts banging on the wall. Jimmy, that's how I feel <laughs> right now. Oh yeah, tremendous. The boys are back um, in town. I love it. Well, my fantasy football team is about to seal the deal. I have burrow on my team so it was a, it's been a stressful monday but he's he's sealed he's sealed the deal where i'm good as long as he doesn't run backwards or do something crazy for the next three minutes i'm okay it's a it's a it's a close one but i'll be okay as long as he doesn't do something silly uh but it's fantasy football so who knows anything possible uh everyone who's with us right now like comment share subscribe you know the deal unless you're new and if you are i'm telling you like comment share subscribe let's talk about some news we got jimmy back but we're talking about some people who have 
departed WWE, one in particular, Rick Boogs, who uh, made a statement recently saying uh, that, I quote, I can say with 100% certainty the removal of Vince killed my career. Uh, McMahon has since returned from his short-lived retirement, though his role in WWE is much different now. Boogs later replied to someone uh, that said and said, aside from my time with Vince, the character wasn't even given a chance. Uh, and then he later said that the fans didn't even realize all the BS he's had to put up with. Uh, he added that he has, quote, plenty to say once the time is right and accused one person of clearly having a weird grudge against him. Hmm. Justin, a lot of a lot of uh, innuendo, a lot of assumptions of maybe who is being talked about here. Uh, sounds like Rick Boog says there's a story. Yeah, and, and the manner in which these comments all came out, if I um, if I believe I got this correct, is uh, was on his YouTube channel. It was him commenting and like replying to people in the comments uh, a lot of these statements. So uh, an unusual way in 2023 to go about um, stirring the uh, the headline pot. Uh, I sense that we will have a podcast or shoot interview uh, uh, about uh, sooner rather than later you know not a common headline that you read in this day and age normally it's the opposite normally it's vince didn't didn't believe in me he didn't get it he didn't see it so uh certainly a different take on things i i mean obviously there's something about boogs's physique and look and, and personality that, that, that apparently vince dug and got into um you know i guess it it, 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 it hit the chairman's taste buds just the right way and yes who is the other who is the person that one person he's talking about i mean i don't think that i'm going on a stretch to where most people's mind go is that if 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 you're saying that your career was killed when when vince wasn't as involved in creative anymore then naturally the man the, the brain goes to well who's the other person who is more involved and that being triple h i thought it was mm -hmm. kevin patrick he was talking about but if you say <laughs> triple h i guess <laughs> um jimmy yeah this is it's, you know, I, I never want to speak for someone else and I don't know what's gone on, but I, I kind of feel like the, the wise thing to do would be to not say anything, but at the same time, telling us that you have something to say may drum up some interest in whatever he does. Next, right? I, I, I guess that's the intention here because, you know, from what he said, you know, saying that Vince, with the removal of Vince, it took away a lot of his steam, whatever the, whatever the quote was, you know, as, you know, and as Justin said, Rick Boogs kind of ticked all the boxes in what people see, think Vince McMahon sees in somebody, you know what I mean? He has a size, he has the look, he had the character that entertained, you know what I mean? And, and, and that fits right into Vince's wheelhouse. And, you know, sometimes uh, someone's tea is another person's, uh, you know, not non-liking let's put it that way like, i don't know i don't know i don't know the exact quote i lost it there for a second but you know not everybody sees the same thing in a certain talent like some talents you see and everybody goes yeah that guy's got it I, obviously somebody didn't see the same thing that vince saw in this guy and you know you can't please everybody and that's the only unfortunate thing here unfortunately you know some people feel that they are not treated the way they felt they should be. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess to your earlier point, he's trying to drum up some interest here, maybe a little bit to get some people to talk, 
and he will tell us maybe sooner rather than later exactly how he feels mm-hmm. and you, what he thinks the situation was. When you started with the T, I thought you were getting ready to drop some kind of Greek uh, Greek fairy, it's a Greek tale, Greek, <laughs> Greek, Greek, Greek words of wisdom or something. I thought there was no, a tea thing coming I, out. No, too much Uso over the last trip, so you know what I mean. I, I, you know, yeah, Jimmy, I, I was expecting, I don't know if anyone had watched that episode of The Office where Michael Scott comes back from Jamaica and he's got little beads in his hair still and he's <sighs> he's trying to keep the vacation alive even though he's back at work. I'm hoping you're trying to keep the, the Greek with you even though you're back home now and keep all the vacation with you. Uh, I want to hear some some Greek uh, analogies and stories mm. and things as we go through oh. the... <laughs> oh, no, you don't want to because it's... Uh, anyway. Do the, we'll Greeks, do, that. do the Greeks put 20 pounds of potatoes in a bag or what do they use over there? Uh, no, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, 20 pounds of souvlaki on a 10 pound stick. Sounds delicious. Uh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we, we also got uh, an, some very interesting comments from the undertaker who was asked, uh, who he would like to work with if he was to work with someone today. And he said MJF, which I think was kind of interesting because it wasn't a WWE person said because of how good he is in the ring and that he quote lives the gimmick. Um, Jimmy, is it, is it a little surprising to you that the undertaker picked someone from AEW in answering this question instead of someone from WWE? Uh, yes and no, because taker is an honest man. He's always been, he's not afraid to speak his mind and he told everybody what he felt and he, he really enjoys MJF and, you know, and getting praise like that from someone like the dead man, my goodness, that is uh, to a lot of people, there's no higher praise right now than, than him because uh, he's as uh, Paul Heyman referred to a natural born locker room leader. Mm -hmm. And as I've said on this show before, he was our locker room leader, not because he chose to be, it's because he was chosen by the locker room. He just ha- had that aura about him and, you know, the utmost respect for the dead man. And even MJF, you know, he lives the gimmick, but at the same time got that compliment and said, man, there's no bigger praise than getting it from the Undertaker. Yeah, Undertaker has to be the number one, I would imagine, endorsement you can get, Justin. Um, your thoughts on the, these comments? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's no greater vindication of how good you are. And that and that and I'm including world titles. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I, I think to have the Undertaker, you know, who who and this uh, from, and the Undertaker's uh, shows, by the way, his one dead man shows, they don't allow you to have phones out. That's why you don't see video. And that's why nothing like that is ever leaked. All, all you can get is somebody relaying what they heard. Right. And, and what was said. And so I think to be asked on the spot, not like he had a great deal of time to prepare for such a question. Maybe he's thought of it on his own time, thinking that he he'd get asked it before. Um, so to answer MJF, to an, you know, he could have easily just gone with, you know, and picked uh, a top name right now in WWE who he never got to work with. He could have, you know, whatever. He could have picked LA Knight. He could have picked. Uh, I don't think he ever really works Seth Rollins. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? He could pick somebody that he never really got to do anything with, you know, Cody, uh, sorry, I'm sure you were Cody, but anyways, point being the fact that he did decide to go after, uh, MJF and, and choose him talk about how he lives the gimmick. And obviously that is a, again, another giant praise coming from a guy who for 30 years lived the gimmick is only now just lifted the, you know, pulled the curtain back and has been willing to let documentaries and cameras and all follow him around. So yeah, huge, huge compliment. And I'd be remiss because I know that, that, that people, I, I didn't, I only tweeted the first part, 
of the of 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 the answer earlier today and said how this is a great vindication to say that about MJF. Uh, and people are like, well, what else did he say? And yeah, he did go on to say he's a big fan of MJF's and he thinks that MJF needs to get out of and what he referred to as a second rate company, which certainly uh, got the reactions out of those who are uh, hard on either side of the fence. Justin, let me I want to follow up on that because it makes me wonder, one, how much of MJF is Undertaker watching in AEW? But also, do you think maybe there's a little bit of Undertaker helping the WWE recruiting efforts for an MJF? Well, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if uh, uh, if the Undertaker's been given said marching orders. I don't, I don't think anybody gives marching orders to the Undertaker anymore. But I do think that just by in the natural way of the you know the wrestling business, for as big as it might seem, it is very incestuous. It's very small, and I think that obviously just having the Undertaker just naturally answer the question and give the answer he did, it does. It goes back to what I said earlier about AEW talent in the sense of. You know, at this point, most of them, again, grew up watching The Undertaker, watching WrestleMania. That was the goal. When they were puking in wrestling school, they were being driven by the goal of, I want to get to WWE and I want to get to WrestleMania. I want to work The Undertaker. Uh, you know, MJF even said that his, the, the perfect pro wrestler is an amalgamation of Triple H, Roddy Piper, and Shawn Michaels, all WWE legends and, and Hall of Famers. So I, I think indirectly, again, it can, you know, Yes, it indirectly it can, you know, wow, I just got praise from arguably WWE's greatest uh, character and performer of all time. Wouldn't it be great if I could go stand by him one day, even if it's at one of those, you know, 25, you know, anniversary type of shows. So, yeah, it, it, it's and again, it makes me wonder. I have to assume Tony Khan, I know you're very nice, but I have to assume businessman wise, you've the ink is dried and you've locked MJF MJF up. I would have to assume such, but if he hasn't, I hope he signed. I mean, I would hope that Tony Khan, if he did ink up MJF, it was for like 15 years so that that it's, you don't have to worry about it again. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, that's very, it's cool to see. It's just cool to see someone that young get acknowledgement from someone like the undertaker, Jimmy, because, uh, and again, before we move on, uh, Jimmy, one more thought on that is just again the legend of the Undertaker. Like that's he rarely says things about people, but to say something say something like that about someone who's not in the WWE, I think is it kind of amplifies the compliment in a lot of ways. It absolutely does because, like Justin said, you would think that he would pick someone from the WWE because there's a lot of guys you can pick from there. Mm-hmm. But the you know AEW does have a deep roster and for him to go off the board a little bit and go to MJF and say hey that's a guy you know who's good in the ring but also like he said lives the gimmick kind of like Taker did. When you when you saw Taker at the airport he wasn't that guy hey how you doing I'll sign your order. When he was in dead full dead man mode it was you know yeah it's a uh... So we'll have to see, but someone who has been locked up with a contract uh, is Eddie Kingston, who said, uh, yeah. quote, if you notice, you haven't heard anything about me with contracts because I did my S uh, on mm-hmm. the low. My thing was coming up. I got four more years, so I'm straight. No one needs mm-hmm. to know how much. No one needs to know how long I got my poop and I'm going to be there for a minute because mm-hmm. there's nowhere else I want to be, Kingston said. Uh, Jimmy, that's a, a, a that's got to be a big win for AEW. There, Kingston's one of their most favorites. Yeah, it is, and you know, it's uh, he's happy there. So, uh, 
you know, it's a good move for him. If he's happy with it, that's, that's the main thing. If he's making money, because it, again, it is a business where you want to make money. And, uh, you know, again, he's, he's, he's over big there and, uh, he likes it there. So good for him. Yep. Yeah. Justin, hard to be mad at a guy who uh, gets paid, right? No, get your money while you can get it. Uh, you know, you mm-hmm. said it's a win for AW. It's probably a bigger win for him. I mean, he, you know, he's very, you know, he was, of course, him winning that title in front of that Queens crowd, huge, huge moment and, and no better place for it to happen for him. Um, you know, he is he the guy that's going to be like the number one guy in the company for the next for the next four years? I don't think so. I think that he could be a valuable player in the roles that he's in right now. It's as ROH champion and he's got a new Japan title as well. And um, and again, just based upon how deep that roster is in AEW, uh, how there are new pro wrestlers coming uh onto the scene every month and just the way father time works, get that four years because that might be the last four year contract you get. You don't know. So mm-hmm. uh, good for him for getting paid. I know he's had a hell of a journey getting to AEW. Um, even first appearing in AEW is kind of was part of that, you know, the, the Cody open challenge before he eventually got even locked down to any kind of you know, anything permanent. So good on him. He has certainly made the most of his opportunity um and and yeah so whatever i'm sure whatever amount of money it is it's, it's, i would have to assume just based upon the trajectory of his career it's probably the most money he's ever made it's you know i i think he's one of those guys he's different i'm not saying they're the same but he's similar to samoa joe in a way where i feel like no matter what's going on if you plug him into something he'll talk his way into it and make it interesting um whether or not you think he's going to be the world champion or not just the way he can cut a promo and the way he carries himself he'll make anything look good. If he tomorrow called out Kenny Omega and cut a promo, you'd be like, oh, I'm into this. I want to see it. Even though, you know, Kenny Omega would probably win or whatever, he'd make it work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that, especially for a company like AEW, is so valuable to have. Those kind of players are so valuable. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great for him. I want to give a shout out to Majestic Marie uh, saying, you mentioned Eddie Kingston, Majestic Marie is here. Majestic Marie, of course, for everyone who's listening, the world's biggest Eddie Kingston fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure she's very happy that he will be on her TV for at least the next four years, he says. So uh, good time to be an Eddie Kingston fan. Well, he's signed for the next four years. No guarantee you're going to be on TV in AEW. Mm-hmm. You got a lot. Of, you got a lot of people. You got to. You got to fight to get to that curtain. As long as he's holding right. the title belt, he should be on TV. Yes. Well, that's a. Uh, that's very true. But I think Co- uh, or I think Eddie Kingston will definitely be uh, fighting for that opportunity. Uh, I want to say in the chat, we got a super chat from uh, uh, Maya Lee. Uh, it's about the, uh, well, there's a few things in here, so I'll, I'll, let's just do it now. Uh, Maya Lee is saying, am I thinking too crazy or is Finn and JD going to jump Priest eventually? And I want Jade to be the one that comes out to stop Naya eventually. Uh, so we will definitely be talking about both of those things, Maya Lee. Those are very, mm-hmm. very interesting points that we'll definitely get to throughout the discussion of the show. Uh, before we get to the show, though, that's the next part. But, of course, it's roll call time. So thank you to everyone in the chat. CJ's here. Max is here. Ethan, MDB. Maria's here. Steven and Juan. And uh, we, M- Maria's here. Uh, Majestic Marie's here. Maria's here. Dustin's here. Uh, David's here. A lot of folks are here. We got Tox Kazim is here. Uh, Megan as well. Gotti Jr., everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Like, comment, share, subscribe five-star review we got a great five-star review on apple Podcasts recently uh calling out me and isa for for being uh, fun to listen to isa's not on the raw one so i'm not a raw after show so i won't read it out loud but it was a nice five-star review so i appreciate you guys uh for that one 
Um, but leave a five-star review. I'll read it out on, on the air for you guys. Get your name out there. It's going to be fun. Uh, and the Lurkers. Thank you, Lurkers. Appreciate you being here. Um, let's talk about the beginning of the show. Cody Rhodes comes out and says he's not friends with Jay Uso, but we're not in the third inning anymore. Jay said, says Jay is making good decisions, like turning down the Judgment Day. That's when the most toxic group in wrestling comes out. Uh, Cody implies Rio will come back to Judgment Day, a Judgment Day that is empty-handed. And when they look, uh, and when they start to attack Cody, Jay Uso shows up. Numbers are still in Judgment Day's favor, so they're about to attack when Sammy and Ko show up. Judgment Day stands down until JD McDonough shows up. A brawl starts, but Priest is hesitant, and that means he gets left alone in the end, and he gets beat up before everybody retreats. Hmm. Jimmy, going to go to you here for the first part. Um, two things. One, a lot happened in this opening segment. But two, mm -hmm. this is the real thing I want to talk to you about. Is we, we talk about AEW a lot sometimes, uh, using things that only insiders know or the internet mm -hmm. fans know. Uh, Cody Rhodes mentioned the third inning, which was a mm -hmm. kind of an, not a publicly said, well, it was publicly said, but it wasn't an on TV said thing. Do you mm -hmm. think the third inning comment was a bit too inside baseball? And do you think that this was maybe too much stuff to open the show with? Um, you can make that argument that it was a little too inside baseball. I think uh, in some regards it is, uh, you know, you don't need to go to that sort of in depth because you know the wwe does tend to cater to a more general audience at times as opposed to the hardcore fans you know whereas in in aew if you were to say that that probably would have got more of a reaction mm -hmm. let's put it that way and did a lot go on yes you want to start the show off hot but at the same time you want it to be digestible and sometimes when you get we'll get to the ending of the show as well but you know, you want to start off the show hot, and they did. You know, as soon as Cody's music hit, the crowd went crazy. You know, they chanted along and all that sort of stuff. But then it got, in my opinion, a little too busy. And one little nitpick, if I can make, uh, you didn't, you know, with uh, with Dom in that opening segment, uh, you saw the natural heat he was getting with the crowd booing without, with him trying to utter on the microphone. It almost felt at times that they were kind of silencing his mic. Mm -hmm. so that that booing and the, the crowd reaction overpowered it even more. I don't think you need to do that if right. that's exactly what they were doing. His his heat is just immense, and let it, let it just flow. And if he's talking and trying to get his words out, don't try to bring that down so that the booing comes out louder. It's, it's fine. You know, anyways, again, nitpicking. No, I get, I get what you're saying. And I do want to say for the record, because I say this whenever I'm on the AEW after show, I like the chaos and everything happened. I just know that that's a comment that gets made on AEW a lot, a bunch of stuff happening. So I try to be fair, try to bring it up on both shows. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Justin, this, I, I want your thoughts on the segment, um, but this, and I say this in a good way. I, I, I want this to make sure it's taken in a, in a positive way, but we've seen this before on WWE. In fact, we've seen it kind of a bit this kind of opening segment how are how is wwe able to kind of repeat the same thing over and over again but it still seems so entertaining well i mean they they, they had a, a spin on this i thought the way that they did the whole you know yeah we've seen the thing where faces are outnumbered and then here comes another face here comes another face you know but i thought the way they did it rather than the faces coming from the entranceway they came from crowd and then it was you know 
the one heel is, is the one guy who doesn't want him. Priest doesn't want to do it, and he's hesitant. But now he's got to go in there to go help his boys, and he ends up getting screwed to being left all alone. And you know, it, it was a good, it, it was good at further the Judgment Day personnel issues that are going on there with JD McDonough. It was good that it gave the baby faces a little shine and kind of reminded you, like, okay, here's these here's these four guys who, you know, they're not all getting along, but they're coming together for the common common bond i mean it, i thought overall it was it was fun to watch it was a lot i i will say it was a lot um i, I am on the bigger picture of things like tonight with this was pretty good on raw but on the bigger picture i'm getting just about to the end of my carrying rope of judgment day with ko and sammy and it's it's it's, it's starting to like they they are really stretching everything they can get and I, I think that might be a sign of okay and, and they and they might be doing it elsewhere in the car but it's like we got to mix the raw up a little bit with with what's on top um you know i feel like we're building to a big blow off but survivor series is still a long way away so i don't know if they pull some kind of big blow off war games kind of thing at Fastlane. i don't know but it feels like that we need to kind of get a big blow off here sooner rather than later and real quick to the third anything I'm okay that he said the third anything because it was on a WWE press conference that, that Paul Heyman said that, so it's not like he was plucking something from like a podcast randomly. But in general, I don't even think he should have even done the teasing thing of there still needs to be a draft pick over to Raw or over to SmackDown. I think keep that quiet. Unless Creative has the damn date hard and set of when they're going to move him over there, which I don't think they do, I think it's being left out there as a option for them to go down with Cody if that's what they, in fact, want to do. You do it then, but otherwise, keep it out of sight, keep it out of mind. By doing that little tease and hint, I think you you risk. It's it's distracting. Yeah. Well, do I really care about Cody then over here on Raw and these problems he's got over here with Judgment Day and this and that? And do I care about what's going on over? Like, don't tease that to me. Just keep it out of sight, out of mind until you're ready to to drop the hammer on it. That's just my my uh, <laughs> Monday night quarterbacking. Uh, yeah, I, I actually agree with you on on kind of on both those statements. To be honest. It, I know it's no mercy this week. When is Fastlane in two weeks? Fastlane, yeah, not this weekend. Week? Yeah, and then when, and then uh, then there's a Saudi show, then Survivor when, Series. Yeah. Oh yeah, they got a ton of time. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know what I mean? a, yeah. There's a lot of stuff to fill before uh, Survivor Series. I will say this is something that probably doesn't matter. Probably has nothing to do with it, but it it, it caught my eye and I can't get my mind off of it. Cody Rhodes came out and he had like a piece of paper in his inside jacket pocket that was sticking out a little bit. And I kept waiting for him to pull it out and be like, this is the contract or something. But then he never did. And now I'm just curious. What did he have in his pocket? What was it? Probably nothing for the show. Probably none of my business. But now I'm like, what did he have in his pocket? What was that? Probably, uh, pro- probably something he forgot to take out before going out. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll never know. I'll, I'll just never know who it really was or what it really was. But uh, we move on and we get, uh, and by the way, I th- uh, is, are we getting a, a pin click? I'm hearing a pin click. Sorry. That was oh, me. Okay. Um, all good. Uh, Bronson Reed takes on Otis and this is big meaty men slapping meat. Justin, mm-hmm. these two guys just understood the assignment. Yeah. This match. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really know what else to say about it. Uh, what are your thoughts? I can't wait to find out the great irony that, the producer that probably helped put this match together is probably one of the smallest producers. It's probably like PD Williams or somebody backstage <laughs> just, just for just, just, just to make this an SNL skit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it was Jamie Noble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
<laughs> no, but no, you're right. I think that's actually a great way to put it. They understood the assignment here. Uh, I like them doing the little tail of the tape. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because when you actually, when you visually look at them in the ring together, they look like two guys that, oh, were they a former tag team together? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, j- j- just based upon, uh, just, ba- you know. So, yeah, but I like it. And I like, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of, I'm a fan of both, but big fan of Bronson Reed here. And I liked him getting a win against a guy equal his of his size. There's not many guys equal or greater than his size, so I thought that was a nice. Uh, I thought that was a nice little check uh, in, on his resume here on his weekly Raw resume, and uh, again, it gives me hope that um, we're, once again we're in a we're in a chapter of his pushes uh, to ascend him to the next level. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, D- Jimmy, to that point, Cole said, and and Cole's good. He doesn't just say things to fill time. When he says something, there's typically a reason. And Cole said, Reed wants a title shot. Do you think that this is alluding to him getting something soon? Um, he needs to get something soon because uh, uh, he needed a win. Mm-hmm. First of all, on TV, a big win. And this was a good win for him, especially in this kind of match. Like you said, two meaty men slapping meat and stuff like that. And and they worked well together, these two guys. It looked good. Everything looked solid. Everything, you know... It wasn't one of those matches where you got a couple of big guys uh, just standing around flexing, so to speak. It was two big, meaty men having a match, and they pulled out some good moves that got people going, ooh, didn't expect that from him. But they let things digest. They let it settle. They let people absorb what they saw. And this moving forward, I think, did help elevate Bronson Reed to a point where, hey, you know what? Maybe I'd like to see him go up against someone like a Gunther or someone with a title down the road, or even or even a Seth Rollins eventually getting there. Not there yet. Give it time, but you can build towards that. Yeah, it's uh, and I loved how they they still acted like big dudes. Right? You know, sometimes you see matches like this, uh, Jimmy, like you said, they end up doing either just a very slow kind of plodding around thing, or they try to change up how they wrestle to make it different. But these were two guys that both said, "No, I'm the bigger guy. No, mm-hmm. I'm the bigger guy," and they just kept. It was just like two trains running into each other over and over again. It was yeah. Fantastic. They, they they took their time telling the story about these two big men. Yep. I'll say this too. Uh, you know, he's saying he wants a title shot. Obviously, you know, if he remains on Raw, him versus Gunther really wouldn't. I mean, that'd be two real solid heels. I, I don't think they'd go that route. But I mean, if, if they do say, look, we're going to let him have just a little a little try at Seth Rollins, assuming Seth remains the champion on Raw. Uh, I'm not again. I'm not buying into Bronson Reed beating Seth, but it would be much like it has been with Nakamura. It would be top level opportunity to make Bronson Reed feel like more of a threat to get more backstory out of him, learn more, and then I and I and you know I'm all about backstory and production and video vignettes, and that would be goal number one, get him over. But number two, just from the belt to belt X's and O's. Oh my God, Bronson Reed with he is a wrestling. Uh, he he is a student of the game. He loves he he loves wrestling. He watches tapes. He loves. Uh, agile big guys as, as, as we all know watching him versus Seth Rollins you know would be very fun to see what they can create with this with the size differential that they have but also Bronson could keep up with Seth speed wise yeah yeah I would I would I love their video packages they they always do such a good job um Champa versus Kaiser happens and if Champa wins he gets an intercontinental title shot Story here is Vinci gets involved, but it potentially costed Kaiser the match. Kaiser even kicks Vinci out of the ring and opens himself up to getting hit by the ripcord knee and gets pinned. Imperium is everyone in Imperium is upset about it. Um, 
And of course, later we see that uh, Gunther is even upset about it. And he says, Kaiser, Vinci's your problem now. You got to you got to deal with this. And if he's a problem, then you're a problem. Uh, and this is after, of course, Kaiser uh, tries to talk off, try to talk some smack to Alpha Academy and Otis uh, after losing his matchup. Uh, Justin, this is again a kind of a, a little story that is playing throughout Raw, and it's kind of giving the secondary characters more stuff to do. Which I don't mind. I mean, they, they, yeah. they just keep going back. They will not let that seed be. Every few weeks, they keep going back, just dripping a little water on that seed of we're going we're gonna to boot Vinci out of Imperium. But no, but I thought tonight was a nice little advance. It wasn't just, oh, you know, Gunther's IC champion and Kaiser's the very successful right-hand man lieutenant. No, now Kaiser's slipping up. So now Gunther's like, he's your problem. You better start babysitting. I'm you're you're gonna have to answer for his troubles. So now I like it because now it's put Kaiser and Vinci on a little bit more equal footing. Um, so that so so the so because beforehand it just made Vinci seem like well he's not even worthy of being an Imperium. Just just kick his ass out if if he's that much of an issue. But no, now Gunther's. So I like actually this direction. If 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 they paused and put the brakes on the Vinci thing from earlier this summer. To get it more equal footing like this, I'm okay with it. I like this scenario because now I really don't know what's going to be. It could be a total swerve, bro, and and Vinci could end up being the one that supersedes Kaiser, and Kaiser goes off his own. And to be quite frank, Kaiser, because of the way he talks, the way he handles himself, this and that, if you were going to cut one of the two guys out of of, the, of Imperium loose, I think Kaiser actually could make it more on his own if you wanted to go that route. I don't think you do that right now. The strength in numbers to have Imperium be a trio and and have Gunther have two lackeys, but I like this. It, it opens up creative possibilities. I, I had I had to laugh when you did that intro because I thought you were going to say, you know, they they sprinkle this seed a little bit, they take it off, and they come back to it every now and again. That Kaiser is trying to pick up Maxine Dupree, and then you said, you well, know, that too. Anyway, like, Vinci's getting to get kicked out. I was like, oh yeah, everybody hates him. Look, if Travis Kelsey, if Travis Kelsey can shoot a shot to get Taylor Swift, Kaiser can shoot a shot to try to get uh, Maxine. Why not? <laughs> But I and I love that there are these Jimmy. What I love about this whole situation, and not just the idea of of like now these other guys are getting stories, but they're also intertangled. So I could see in the future Kaiser versus Otis. I could see Kaiser versus Gable. I could see Kaiser versus Vinci. I could see Kaiser versus Gunther. And I could see those same things going versus Vinci. Vinci versus mm -hmm. all those guys. Gunther versus all those guys. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different combinations that can work here. Um, but it does look like maybe Imperium is going to be in trouble. Do you think this group is going to split up? I, I, and could you imagine Kaiser as the good guy in this situation? I, I mean, I can't imagine him. If he breaks away, I can't imagine liking him. Well, it appears uh, all, all signs are pointing to them eventually sp splitting up. And I do agree with Justin that now is not the right time. You can tease it all you want because there's so many possibilities, as you mentioned, Jack, in directions that they can go with this thing. And take your time and let the story and let, you know, who is the best judge of what's going to work is your audience, how they react to each character and each individual. See who they're reacting to, see who they're buying into, see who they're getting invested in, and then make your decision. Don't, you know. Don't rush it just to do it, especially because since we have other factions out there that are having little dissension, so to speak. I have a feeling if uh, however it works out, if Kaiser was to eventually steal Maxine from Otis, they would be like the most hated couple 
in pro wrestling. Mm. It would be, I I would, I'd love it is as a, they're horrible people kind of way. Cause to, to break lovable Otis's heart and then to go with this j- good looking jerk. I mean, how do you not hate those two? It'd be incredible. I'd love it. Um, not for oh, poor Otis though. Uh, but also I love that Gable, uh, Justin, uh, last part on this one is, uh, I love that Gable's still in that IC title hunt. He did lose that match and it felt like they're pushing him to the back, but I love that he still potentially could be the guy. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't believe in it. I, I think there was such build to him getting that match. You know, first he wins via count out. And then there was such a build to the actual match. You know, family was front row. I mean, it really had all the makings of like, Hey, this is going to be it. This, this is going to be the title change. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't then. If it wasn't then, I don't think it's going to be now. Do you, what do you think the odds are? It's Champa. Uh, even less. I think I think what what I expect out of the Champa thing here again, as we have kind of again kind of gang warfare, and I, again Survivor Series is like still freaking two months away. Mm-hmm. But I mean Champa, I mean everybody's been waiting for Gargano to come back. He's not injured, I don't believe. So like Gargano, like Gargano, you know, they could pair up with Alpha Academy, maybe bring Dexter Loomis into things. Like I don't know, but like I just. I, I think, you know, I, I think that's the route we go. And again, that just buys more time for Gunther to rack up the days with that IC title. I, I think I think Gunther holds his IC title until probably like Rumble time. I think he loses it probably around at Rumble or around Rumble. And that then allows you to believe in him now putting full focus and wanting to be world champion. Um, and whatever happens after that, I still stand by my book and I think it's Gunther versus Brock Lesnar at Mania. But but that, 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 that's the that's the projection I can see for Gunther. Wow. If, if that were the case, what would be great about that in his fantasy booking, so we don't need to go too far into it. But if, if he was to beat, if he was to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, talk about a guy who's ready for a world title shot in right. that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. That and, talk, and talk about a guy who you've just, you've just totally uh, upgraded and mind blown the perception mm-hmm. of him. I think most fans believe in Gunther now. I think he's over as a heel. I think it's believable because he's got that record. But I think that if Brock put him over, and we've seen Brock in Rumbles just by you know look at you know what he did to Keith Lee that one year. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, that didn't really matter. We saw all that when it eventually went. But Brock That's can me. make yeah. Brock can make a guy just by some facial expressions and showing a little bit of not 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 fear, mm-hmm. but a little bit of respect. So if if Brock and Gunther had a marquee built WrestleMania match that wouldn't need to be very long, ten minutes tops, mm-hmm. but it was hard hitting, and Gunther beat him. I mean, yeah. I mean, God, Brock helped push Cody into new stratosphere, and Cody's already Cody just by raising Cody's hand. If, mm-hmm. if Gunther could beat him at Mania, absolutely, Gunther uh, could. I think could be could be looked at as a now a real threat to a a babyface world champion. Absolutely, it's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new five ninety nine lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Um, Someone who got a a little uh, pat on the back by a legend as well is uh, a... Becky Lynch was chatting with Tegan Knox, and she sort of played into the reports from last week that Tegan Knox was supposed to get the shot and didn't. Uh, says she wanted Knox to be the next challenger, and so 
Knox goes to ask Adam Pierce if she can get the next shot. And Natalia is like, I'm glad you're standing up for yourself, but not this time. And of, of course, it leads to a number one contenders match, Natalia versus Tegan Knox. Tegan gets the win, and she gets a shot at the title after No Mercy. Uh, Jimmy, for this one, again, we, we say mm -hmm. a lot of things about AEW. I'm going to bring it, bring it right back. Mm -hmm. Are we featuring NXT too much on Raw? Well, I don't know if it's too much or that this is an opportunity to show it before they have their premium live event this weekend. I think that's the main thing. Then they're trying to elevate the NXT product. That's why you're seeing superstars from the quote unquote main roster showing up on NXT. And now we're seeing NXT superstars popping up on the main programs, especially like uh, tonight. Uh, we saw a few. Um, is it too much? I don't know. I, 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 again, I'm comparing ring of honor on AEW, by the way, to NXT. right. No, no, absolutely. I, and I get the comparison, but, uh, you know, it's, it's weird because ring of honor is, was a separate company back in the day that they acquired. Whereas, you know, NXT is an homegrown ingrown WWE product. I don't know if that makes it different, but in my mind, it makes it feel like you know, they've always been a part of WWE. They need to be elevated in some form or fashion. So put them on main TV. Mm -hmm. You know, at least some of their superstars or some of the, an angle or two. Jack, I'm glad you asked this. I've, I've actually been stirring over this, trying to figure out, am I looking at them equal to mm -hmm. to the point? Is, is ROH and AEW, is ROH titles and match, you know, theme matches on, on AEW the same? And I think it's context. And I think the context is different. And here's how. A couple things. One, I think when you see ROH uh, being on a two-hour dynamite, it, it, it feels like an already you know twenty and ten show pack show. Raw at least Raw. I mean everybody agrees it's three hours. There is there is time. So one, I can see some some. It doesn't feel like we're we're, we're rushing. Two, kind of what Jimmy just said. NXT has everybody knows NXT is a synergy that feeds into Raw and SmackDown. So there's a natural synergy there. And and, and oh by the way. NXT also has their own show on cable on equal footing on the same damn network the next night from Raw. ROH doesn't have that. I, I know they have whatever they have behind a paywall for, for the ROH diehards, which I think not a lot of people that are actually paying to do it. You know, nobody's not a lot of people are seeing it. So at least you have another property that looks to be on equal footing that's on cable on the, on the same channel the next night that starts at the same time. So it at least feels like there's a synergy there. And the other thing is it's also context of, well, okay. The person holding that title for the women is one of the WWE's top female stars. Later on, when we get to it, the North American title. I Two years ago, I would have been pissed if they were putting this time on, towards a North American title match on Raw. But I'm not now because they've also made time and priority for the IC title, for the U.S. title. So it doesn't feel like they're putting anything to the back seat. It feels like they're putting at least equal footing towards it. So I think it is a little bit different, different for all the different things I laid out that it, it, they, they're at least rolling out this um, crossover better and more digestible. That makes sense. Yep. And I, I just want to make it clear then. So everyone, cause you know, I, I checked the comments we're, we're, we're approaching things equally on all shows. So we're, we're, we're bringing it to attention. So I, I do want to say, Justin, though, I want to ask you about uh, uh, Natty versus Knox. Uh, Natty, obviously we got to give her her flowers. She does an incredible job whenever she's given something, but, one of my favorite questions to ask about people who haven't been on TV in a long time or who are mostly NXT call-ups uh, at this point to their career, 
in WWE, Tegan Knox. If you ha- if you never watched NXT or and you didn't really know much about that, did she do enough for you to be interested in seeing her get a title shot down the road? Just tonight, no. no. Just tonight, uh, she didn't come off as like a fire as a person who I believe that should be fighting for you know the the, the and, and this also is part of I guess what she got from creative and I and you can only make this sound so good. Well, I was waiting by the curtain, but oh, Natty, she's a veteran. I know the, I know the, 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 the uh, I know the motivation is that oh, she's a babyface, she's being respectful of a veteran. But I, to me, when you're trying to make a first impression, I want somebody who's going to grab the brass ring. I, I don't want somebody who's just going to oh, oh, here you go, let me hold that curtain open for you. That didn't do it for me. I think she's a talented performer in the ring from what I've seen of her. I think her, I think the biggest thing that she's going up against is it seems like she's had some injury issues, so, so durability is going to, you know, be the be a as it is for everybody, it's going to be the big thing. But uh, yeah, tonight, solely just based on tonight, no. Right. Uh, well, hopefully she gets a chance to show because I know she, she's great once she gets going. But yeah, hopefully she gets that opportunity. Um, we roll on to Seth Rollins. Uh, he comes out and he says, "Set a date or lose your shot, Shinsuke." So Nakamura says it's Rollins' last chance to stand as champion because at Fast Lane. It'll be a last man standing match. Rollins says, if it may be his last match, then I'll give you 100%. And Rollins at 100% is the world champ. Later, Ricochet on crutches says he's not done with Nakamura. Uh, Jimmy, I haven't had a chance, I don't believe, to talk to you about these video vignettes of Shinsuke and Nakamura. Uh, I feel like he comes off just like a super villain. I love these things. What are your thoughts on the, uh, on the way Shinsuke is being presented right now? I like the fact that he's not coming out and doing the face-to-face thing. I like that they're showing it on to the audience there live on the screen on the Tron and, and to us, uh, you know, where he's somewhere backstage and they're doing the subtitles on the bottom mm-hmm. as opposed to having him, you know, trying to, to speak the English that he does speak, but it just comes off more naturally heelish this way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I was going to I feel like because he's not, I, I don't know how to speak two languages, so I think he's he's great at what he's able to do. Uh, but I think since he's not trying to speak a second language, he can just talk and think about how he's actually like his he's emoting and his facial expressions and things like that. And I feel like he's just able to embody the character so much more instead of trying to worry about getting the right words out. Um, I don't know if that's the case, but it just feels that way. It feels like he's just able to be that guy a lot more. No, uh, it, it feels natural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and Justin, I want one of my favorite things about this is the like matches that have the stipulations, cage matches, and things like that. A, a gripe that a lot of us wrestling fans have is when you have something that doesn't feel like it, it makes sense. Like if you just have two guys that don't like each other, so, but for some reason we're going to have a barbed wire match or whatever. I don't know. Uh, the last man standing match, based on the way this has been built, feels like it makes sense. To me, emotionally, I'm not fully there. Like it, it, it seems a little premature. But on, but to their credit, to their defense, on paper, they've done what they needed to do, right? They've had, we've seen, you know, like I mean, Seth and Shinsuke had a match here in Pittsburgh at Payback, and afterwards, Shinsuke attacked, you know, real cheap stuff, and 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 there's been they've been really physical in the brutal attacks, and like Shinsuke's promos, he's talking about Seth's family and his daughter. I mean, so it on paper, they've checked all the boxes to kind of like justify the pro wrestling booking mathematical formula you have to check enough boxes for it to get to for it to warrant the last man standing blow off 
me, I don't, I don't emotionally, I'm not quite all there. Again, maybe it's just because I don't believe in Seth dropping the title to Shinsuke. Uh, you know, maybe I'm just being a little bit too smart. I'm being a little bit too in the weeds, a little bit too much internet fan. That's but fair, on pa- but on paper and 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 the time they've given on TV, they have done enough. I feel like that the, it, we uh, we warrant a a gimmick match here between the two of them. And I, and I agree with you on the again again on the promos. Uh, one, it just I, I, not not even just because I mean Shinsuke, I mean Shinsuke could speak English, but obviously he's going to speak his first language best. Mm-hmm. But also there's just a sense of like there's a, there's always a even like with bad guys or in horror movies, any anytime you don't fully see somebody or don't understand or don't know where they are, that mystery that uh, of what's looming around the corner is dangerous that's scary so in a little bit of way if you translate it into you know most of the american fans watching probably don't speak japanese or understand japanese so it's a little mysterious you know they're giving you the subtitles but even just hearing it in the native tongue what's well, a little it's a little scarier him saying that than if i would have heard him say it in english you know i think i think there's, I think there's a psychological thing to this the subconscious thing of the bad guy is speaking his native tongue in Japanese. I, I got the subtitles. Okay, so now I'm hearing it, but it sounds more menacing. I, I think there's something to that. Yeah. I, I love that you said that. It reminds me of uh, as a kid watching the old uh, Inspector Gadget cartoons and the bad guy, Dr. Matt, always had the, all you saw was the back of the chair. You never saw him turn around and show his face, and it made him seem so diabolical. Um, probably a reference no one else gets, but whatever. It's for me. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, <laughs> Uh, we move on to Dominic Mysterio versus Dragon Lee for the North American title. Another NXT. No, I loved it. This was great. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy, uh, we can talk about characters and, and everything else and, and the way promos are getting people reactions and whatnot. But based purely on in-ring action with the crowd chanting, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Dominic Mysterio in a singles match may have had match of the night. Would you have predicted that two years ago? Uh, I don't know if I would have predicted that two years ago, but tonight, like you said, he hung with Dragon Lee. To It was just, uh, I don't know how to put it any better than it, it, these guys performed amicably it was it was a hell of a match like you said you can make an argument that it was match of the night and for someone like myself who's not big into the uh high spot uh in you know heavy matches these guys did a lucha style match where everything seemed to feel like it meant something because they sold it they took they didn't really take their time take their time but they they let things digest Mm -hmm. at the same time is doing all this incredible stuff. Some of the stuff Dragon Lee does is just unbelievable. And Dom hung with them the whole time. So, you know, it, it's almost like, oh, I want to boo this guy so bad because the the audience is booing him. But at the same time, you know, he 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 looked good in this match. Yeah, Justin, I, I asked you about Tegan Knox before. I'm going to throw it back to you for Dragon Lee. If you didn't watch NXT, this is the first time you saw this guy. Are you buying into Dragon Lee? Yeah, I'd be if, if I watch this match, I'd be willing to uh, make a note to tune in Tuesday, try to catch his stuff if he's on Tuesdays as well. But yeah, I, I thought this was uh, this went about as well as it could have gone. Uh, and like I, like I alluded to earlier, I'm okay with you know t- 18 months ago I would have been frustrated as hell that they're putting a North American title match on Raw. I would have been like, why are we not doing better with the IC title and US titles? But they are doing great things with both those titles, and then I you know IC specifically on Raw. 
So I felt that it, there, there's room. It warranted there's room to allow this little bit of crossover. And again, all the things I said earlier, Raw's a longer show. They commentary did a great job giving us why the NXT title or uh, NXT title, why the North American title mattered. Solo Sokoa's had it. This Damian Priest has had it. Naming people that are currently having success on Raw and SmackDown who had it. So they did all the best. Maybe they could have. They could have maybe gone a step further. They could have put that commentary info maybe maybe a video vignette earlier in the night but that would have been my only nitpick here but the match was really entertaining i agree with what jimmy said it it, it was the faster pace but they still did allow th- they, they they sold they sold the offense they gave at least mm-hmm. right and then even in the selling i gotta love you know dragon lee's mask you know, extends out in the back <laughs> dom tying the mask to the rope just to assault i mean it was it, it, it this this was a great Showing by Dom, who is not a rookie anymore at this point in time, you know he he's ascended at least to a sophomore uh, uh, season. Uh, and Dragon Lee, great first impression. And again, I think it could only help people maybe saying, "Oh, I might tune in on Tuesday," or what? Or, mm-hmm. or no mercy, what's going on? You know. So I thought this was really uh, well done, good, and, and yeah, match of the night. I agree. And and here's the thing, and sorry to to, to yeah, jump in yeah. here on you, Jack, but it, like you don't see matches of this style too often on WWE television, especially on Raw and SmackDown. So when they do something like this, and it comes off the way it did tonight, it has that much more of impact, much more boom, wow, you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, I, I I do want to clarify when I, I made the comment about like, would you predict Dom is in match tonight? It's because there were so many things going around about how. Dom needs to go to NXT and Dom needs to do this and that where, I mean, clearly you see in this man, he doesn't need to do any of that anymore. He's, he's, he, he's got it figured out at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, but yeah, Dragon Lee, I'm a huge fan of him. His song just goes hard. I love his entrance theme. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of like entrances that were cut in half tonight I, mm-hmm. from a production standpoint, like, you know, usually either like they're in the ring when the commercial, we come back from commercial break or we see the whole thing we had three of them, I think, where they were just halfway to the ring, which is interesting. I don't know right. if they're trying that out or what the situation was there. But, um, yeah, Dragon Lee is is very fun. Uh, we got a few backstage segments I want to kind of get through and get your guys' thoughts. Uh, first off, Damian Priest uses the best growly voice in the game to scare off J.D. McDonough and scares his friends, too. Uh, then later, Zayn and K.O., uh, they say that it's not about Judgment Day anymore. It's about two friends that want to be the champs. And Jay Uso says that he's not going to join any groups. And if Kevin Owens has issues with him, it's just what it is. Uh, Justin, again, storyline going through the match before we get to the main events here. Um, a little bit of dissension still being teased within Judgment Day. Uh, I, I don't want to repeat to what we said too much, but it does kind of feel like Sami Zayn and KO are just always fighting against the group (laughs) that's having personnel issues it's entertaining stuff there's stories there's characters it is entertaining stuff but like i said we're coming around the final stretch here again i hope whatever blow off we're leading to like i said and i i I can't see how they extend this with the current personnel all the way to survivor series so i have to think that they're gonna i I hope they're gonna wrap this up before that um wrap it up give us a good blow off Give us a good blow off, payoff, everything like that. But uh, yeah, I think we're 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 coming to st- like at some point, teasing of the Judgment Day Ascension is just gonna. I'm not gonna care anymore. I still care right now, 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, Rhea's on a little bit of time off, you know, and she's selling her injuries from Nia Jax and everything. So she can come back. Then that can be, she can come back and say, I cannot believe you. I've been, I've been sitting up in a hospital bed and you guys can't get, you know, so she can come back and, and it can kind of be the final act. Mm-hmm. But we got to get to the point here and just kind of get us uh, to the next, the next phase. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, how do you think things are going to shake out with Judgment Day? Will it completely blow up? Will someone get kicked out? And if so, who? Where? What's your prediction on where this goes? Yeah, ah, man, there's there's so many directions to go. Obviously, you know, you, you have uh, Finn and the dissension between Finn and Priest. Uh, you know, Dom and Rhea look like they're... Maybe Rhea's the, the, the one who ends up taking over Judgment Day, becomes a leader. Mm-hmm. You know... Uh, and and Finn's the one who gets drummed out. I don't know. There's just so many directions it can go. I'm trying to figure out where this is leading. And every time it looks like that, you know, okay, every group has its problems. Maybe this is the one group that won't split up. You start thinking, oh, no, guess what? It's happening again. So uh, it, I'm, I'm almost getting to the point where, okay, somebody please get kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get to the next story beat. And like I, like we've kind of said throughout the night, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep my attention on it for two months. Uh, if I mean, if they said it's until October, I'd be like, okay, but yeah, November is a that's a lot of TV time of mm-hmm. them going back and forth. And is this person in the group? Are they not in the group? Are we friends? Are we not friends? Right. Uh, Ko and Sami Zayn again going. We need to take down this group that's running things that they did for two years on the other show. So right. I, I, and, I, yeah. and I think and I wonder if some of the apprehension from creative is, you know, the ascension all kind of settles centers around. Right. You know, like Finn and J.D. who are clearly, you know, on the same page, but they're not on the same page with namely Priest. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you eventually cut that tie, Priest is Priest and he's got that money in the bank. Right. Dom's Dom's Dom. He's rolling just fine. Mm-hmm. Mommy's mommy. She's rolling just fine. You cut Finn and J.D. out of that. And now they're just, they're their own tag team. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't I, hit the same. I, I, I'm not as interested as them. Yeah. So, true. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we continue on, and Nia Jack walks past Akira Tozawa, who is the <laughs> only person to survive getting in the path of Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> Jax tells Michael Cole that she squashed everyone and she's the baddest human but that brings out Zoe Stark and they start to scrap and we get a match. A uh, big moment here is Starks lifts Nia Jax, but that ends up just crushing her. And that changes the flow of things. Nia Jax is able to use the advantage to get the win. Jimmy, my question for you here is um, before the match, during the promo, they have Michael Cole out there. Michael Cole, I think is one of the greatest. I have nothing but respect for him. Uh, but you have a, a, an interviewer. You have Jackie. You have Byron. Why don't you have one of those two doing this part instead of Michael Cole? From a, just a logistics standpoint, I mean, you, you've seen why they do these things. No, uh, it's 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 an interesting question. Why wouldn't you have someone who does whose job it is to interview? I guess it makes it feel much more important. It's kind of like back in the day when Jr. used to interview a talent. Mm-hmm. It made it feel that much more important that oh wow, Jr. is leaving the desk to go interview someone. Maybe that was the idea behind having Michael Cole making it feel like it's a big deal as opposed to having just one of your backstage interviewers interview. Let's get Michael Cole, who is the voice of SmackDown, uh, voice of, sorry, 
SmackDown. The voice of Raw back in the day was the voice of SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, the voice of Raw to go in and interview Nia Jax, make it feel that much more important. That plus Jack, uh, one other factor that I, I, I'm thinking it might be too, is they have the female backstage interviews they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't often see them ever live out in the ring. And maybe that's on, maybe that's on purpose because maybe they, maybe the whoever makes that decision doesn't feel that they are ready to be out. You know, because when you have a live crowd who could start messing with you, that could quickly get you off your game. We, we've all seen wrestling crowds. Mm-hmm. The only one of their backstage interviewers who has experience doing live out in the ring is Byron Saxton. But you don't want to put Byron Saxton in the ring stay next to Nia Jax. He's taller than Nia Jax. So I think from a visual standpoint, mm-hmm. um, Michael Cole, he gives off the gravitas that Jimmy said, but he's also, you know, size wise, when you look at it, Nia t- towers over him. So it's, oh, Nia Jax tower. You know, so I, I think, I think that might have been some other things that I could factor in there. Uh, just because I think it's a good question, but I, that, that'd be my, my uh, reasons. Like I said, I think Michael Cole is great. So I'm not, that's not me saying that it was bad that he's out there. I just, I always think like you've got people, that's their job. But uh, very good points all, all around there. Justin, I want to ask you though feels like this is building up to a returning Rhea Ripley being the one to take down Nia Jax, but I can't imagine Rhea Ripley not being the most popular, lovable person in the world after doing that. Do you think, is this Rhea coming back to be a fan favorite, a face? They have a problem with Rhea. It's a good problem to have. She's very, she's becoming very popular. Uh, I don't know if you pull that trigger right now. Yes, she could because Nia is the reason that she's off TV. So there's a very easy story of her just coming back on the scene and wanting revenge. But like you said, it doesn't quite line up right now if, she, if she's still going to be part of Judgment Day and if we're still trying to sell Judgment Day as the top heel faction mm-hmm. on the on the company. I think that we could table the Rhea, Rhea we could table the Rhea Nia stuff. Again, even for Mamie Mania, if that's if that's where they ultimately want to go, you you could let the two, you could table, you could keep it apart. You could you could have Rhea pop back up. You could even have a stare down backstage just to let people know we haven't forgot about it. And Rhea say, "I haven't forgot." And one day I'm gonna get you back. And and, and just table it. Mm-hmm. Put the, again, put that seed in the ground. Save it for some water later on. I mean, Nia. Every there is no debate. There is no cool heel debate here. There's no nothing. Nia's a heel. People want to boo her. There is not a pocket of the crowd that's trying to get on Nia Jack's chance. Nobody, the fans do not like Nia, and that's her job. She is an effective heel in 2023 pro wrestling. Good on her. So, quite frankly, I let her roll through a few ladies right now, and I, and I know I'm really getting a jump ahead, and Jimmy and I haven't had a chance at all to talk about this, but talk about a, a woman who everybody loves to hate and everybody loves to see get beat. Wouldn't that be an ideal situation for a brand new female to come in and be a a, a, a I, I was going to say white knight, but you know a, a shining hero, uh, a superhero, if you will, uh, if if you had such a female talent that you've acquired that physically could go nose to nose visually with Nia Jax, if we could right. find somebody tall enough and muscular enough that could go nose to nose with Nia Jax, and that then would get the people to pop. If she shuts Nia Jax up now, Jimmy, I, I think I know the person that Justin's alluding to, uh, as uh, Bernie DC says in the chat, a shade of Jade, uh, on that night moniker there. Uh, do you think that, what do you think if, if they got a Jade, is Jade possibly the right one? 
Let's just well, hypothetical. Let's fantasy book it. Let's have fun. Well, again, she can be the one, and not basing it strictly on coming in from AEW, but the way she is presented, the way WWE presents her, it all depends on that. That mm -hmm. is the main, you, you know, uh, deciding factor. Let's put it that way. But uh, I, I have confidence that their thoughts are probably a little bit different from how AEW wants to present someone like a Jade, if she is the one who is actually the person they're talking about. And it can work big time. I know it can. And, and uh, uh, she does have that aura about her where you talk about some people were that, that get people invested. She has that look, just that look. And then she puts it, she, 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 she's able to cut a, a nice little promo to go with it and, de and develop a character that people go, wow, that's really, uh, that's really one bad woman, <laughs> you know? There are so many stare downs I would love to see between <laughs> Jade and many characters in, in WWE. If that were to happen, we'll still have to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Miz TV happens, and Drew McIntyre says he's nothing like the Miz, but the Miz says, "Sure, y'all, pal." Then Drew says that, or then he says Drew is like Batman of WWE, and Cody's Superman. And Cody showed up. Drew New Day comes out, and they say Drew let everybody down, and he says, "No, Jay deserved to get let out, out left out there and beat up." Uh, and Cody only helped Jay because Jay is his mess. Miz gets shut up, and then we got Kofi versus. Uh, Drew, where uh, great storytelling here with Drew showing us the new side of who he is and uh, Kofi still being Kofi. Ivar comes out, beats up Woods, and that leads to a Claymore with McIntyre getting the win. Post-match, Ivar destroys Kofi again, and McIntyre walks away. Hmm. Justin, my favorite part about this, this whole thing, it was entertaining, which is great. But I love that everything Drew said and everything Drew did made 100% sense. There was no, you people turned on me or anything like that. Everything he said, you're like, he's, he's right. He's got a point. No, it's one of the most logical, slow heel turns, it seems, that I can recall in WWE recently. I thought this was, I thought this was very entertaining. Both from everything you just said there, the effectiveness of what we're doing with Drew's character, or so it seems. Uh, the, the the inside dilemma of is he going to go help the, you know the baby faces or not now two weeks in a row, but also even just a little bit of comedy him just him you know, Miz trying to you know you know Big D and massive Miz and then he, Drew just keeps shutting the Miz down. It was a very entertaining exchange. I don't know why I'm so surprised. I mean, if, if it involves a new day, it's normally an entertaining exchange, but it was very entertaining. Match was good between Drew and Kofi, and yeah, I mean, I, I look, we had babyface Drew. He was he was the pandemic king. He carried that company through the worst times that hopefully none of us ever have to ever live through again. Mm -hmm. uh, but quite frankly, when you look at him and everything, I think he is just he's just so money as a as, as the guy you just don't want to f with, and that comes off better when he's being a heel. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I'm okay with the way that they're kind of transitioning him. I hope that like we don't tease this for one or two more weeks of him not helping the baby faces, and then all of a sudden he has a come to you know, Scottish gods moment. He, he now is back saving baby. Fans. I kind of like him to transition to the heel side of things. Cause I think it's a, it's a very entertaining and very dangerous man. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, I, I feel like drew just looks like a bad guy in all. I mean, he, he, he's great as a, as the hero and the guy carrying the company. But I mean, when he has that 
Scottish Terminator look to him. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. he looks terrifying. And so I'm loving this. What, tell me about your, tell me your thoughts on this. Cause I feel like this hit every pro wrestling button, the entertainment, the comedy, the storytelling, the wrestling, this checked literally every box. Yeah, it pretty much did. And, and it all started, like you said, with the Miz TV segment, because Miz on the mic is just, she's just too much. And, and Drew, uh, like you said, he carried the company for so much uh, as a as a babyface through the the pandemic era. But at the same time, now he can carry this company. He could carry a sword and look like a badass heel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it it kind of fits his character, and you can see him exuding and and thriving in the role of a heel. You, it's almost yeah. like you can tell when someone enjoys being a heel and someone the you know, enjoys being a baby face. And you can tell that Drew is someone who just enjoys doing whatever role he's given to him. He can do both so well. And him as a heel, as he slowly starts to turn it up, slowly starts to turn it up instead of going, instead of doing that complete 180, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's it's that slow transition. And that's what's working with this. And I always say the greatest villains are the ones that you kind of understand where they're coming from. I mean, even a Roman Reigns, you kind of get why he's doing what he's doing and what he says, what he says. Drew, everything he's saying, like, look, Jay is kind of a, Jay is a jerk. He did he did do all these horrible things. And like the, the, the bad things that have happened to him have happened to him. And he's not just being an outright jerk. He's just kind of being honest mm-hmm. about how things haven't worked out. And so uh, I'm absolutely loving that. Uh, we got for the main event, Judgment Day versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the tag titles. And again, it's uh, it's a great match. And it ends, of course, with uh, uh, Dom trying to get involved. Uh, then Jey Uso tries to stop uh, Dominic. And then Cody Rhodes comes out. And McDonough comes out. There's a big kerfuffle with, uh, of course, McDonough using the title to help the bad guys get the win. But then, of course, at the end, there's another big uh, kerfuffle is the word of the day. Uh Jimmy, this was again. I love these things, so I, I love big brawls and things. Mm-hmm. Felt again like a lot of potatoes um, mm-hmm. for, for the bag. So I want your thoughts on that as well as um, again. This is I feel like we've seen a million times. It's but it's still entertaining. But how much longer they, can they keep it going? Um, I, I hope they don't keep it going too much longer. Let's put it that way. But like you said, this was a great entertaining match. The crowd was. Your, your biggest barometer, the crowd was loving every minute of it. They were uh, enthralled. They, they were doing the chants. So this is awesome, the whole bit. The only thing is, yes, there was a lot of chaos leading up to the finish where we had the belt shot and that sort of thing. And then we had, as you said, the big kerfuffle after that, kerfuffle after that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was necessary. I think yeah. the ending with the belt shot and the heels going over in true heel fashion was enough and let people digest that before you, because instead of being mad at the finish and being angry with what happened, now they're back into going, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let that heel finish of them retaining sink in and let them go. Oh, those SOBs. I want to see them get theirs. Yeah. Uh, Justin, it feels like there's been, it's been kind of a long time since the judgment day just stood tall united at the end of a show. Uh, the last show I can recall again here, Pittsburgh, payback. You know they they stood tall kind of at the end of that, but that but that, that wasn't even the end of the show. It was just the end of like their 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 street fight. But uh, yeah, I mean the the match was good, and there was a lot that there's a lot going on. 
the but the crowd was biting on the false finishes and everything. So the match was good. It was a main event of raw caliber match, but I do agree. There was just a lot to, there was a lot to keep score of. Um, I I just, I'm going to repeat and I'll say it as my final thing that I want to said earlier. I'm coming down. I'm I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Yeah. It's it's time to wrap this up boys. Yeah. It's time to wrap it up. Uh, Tox Kazim with the super chat uh, says, I'm tired of the Judgment Day, Sammy Owens plus Cody storyline. It's like pizza and mayonnaise. Well, that's a gross visual. <laughs> um, they go together like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> no. Oh. Hey, hey, don't talk to. Don't, I just came from Greece and had some great lamb, so don't, don't, don't do that. So, would you prefer spaghetti and meatball? Is that more appropriate? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> man, lamb, lamb is pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, so hopefully, I mean, this this felt this the ending of this episode felt like the go home show to Survivor Series is the the fear I have, and I know we've we've mentioned a few times Survivor Series is a long ways away, so I, I can't imagine that these are going to be the teams for Survivor Series because that's just that's going to feel like we're that's going to feel like a very long time between now and then, but. That does it for the show. Uh, as we wrap everything up, as always, let me know in the in the chat what your thoughts were of this week's show. And uh, Jimmy, let me know your overall thoughts and where can the world find you online? Uh, I thought it was a, a very good. I thought it was a good raw tonight. There was a lot of good in ring action. We got a lot of diversity and a lot of stories moving forward. And uh, you know, like the only issue I had was a, a, maybe just a little bit too much at the end that they didn't need. To, to be, before going off the air, but uh, other than that, I thought I thought the show was fine. It was entertaining for the most part. And as far as where you can see me, obviously here on Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm back. Guess who's back? Back again? No, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, also, you can catch me on all my social media platforms, uh, doing my ref and rants from Wednesday to Friday. Again, just slight critiques to help tighten screws, not to tear down. Um, and, yeah. Oh, and 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 really quickly, just a. Uh, um, uh, for a couple more weeks, I'll be, I won't be on the keeping it, uh, reffing it up podcast. Um, uh, I'll be back there as well, but uh, continue to listen to that as well as uh, BHEB is uh, doing a great job. You're taking some, you're, you're not going to be on every episode of reffing it up. Uh, I will be starting in a couple of weeks again. So you're the Roman reigns of reffing it up. Pretty much. <laughs> it takes, it takes, it adds up to me. Uh, Justin, same thing. Where can the world find you? What are you working on? And what are the uh, uh, overall thoughts of the show? Overall, it was an entertaining role. It was not a. It was not a uh, long, tough three hours to get through. There was enough that kept me kind of interested, and so good on them. Uh, already said what I want to see and what I don't want to see coming here soon. Uh, at Justin the Bar across the socials here tonight, here Wednesday night uh, after Dynamite every Friday. Spar with Labar on Busted Open Channel 156. Uh, and as I think I alluded to in previous weeks, um, and, and you can hit me up on social, at Just Labar on X, if you want the details. David Allen Fashion Show, um, the guy that has been my personal tailor for years for my ties, my suits. Uh, introduced him to a few WWE talents. Now he is the personal tailor for John Cena, for Braun Strowman. For a lot of other names, Pat McAfee, a lot, a lot of a New Day, a lot of names in the other, or elsewhere in the sports world. I walked in his very first fashion show in 2016. I'm walking in it next month. 
going to be a hell of a guest list. If you'd like to be part of it and come live to the event, which is for a great cause, I'll give you all the details of how you can buy tickets, how you can be part of it. If you'd like to see and support it from afar, if you can't get to Pittsburgh, I can also tell you how to do that. Um, so a very big event. Uh, I, I'm rolling with people that are in, in, in weight classes above me here. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm going to look my damnedest to look look my best rocking his stuff he's been great to me uh from the very beginning so uh i, I can give you all the details about that hit me up at justin labar on x very cool yeah definitely everyone needs to to check that out as well if you want to look good that's the way to do it uh you can follow me at real jack farmer across all social media and you can check out the replay of the show i was on last night prestige wrestling's the respect issue it was a great show we had a, a wrestler who couldn't make it so they got someone to fill in for him, and it was none other than former Impact Wrestling champion Moose showed up, and it was an awesome time. I was on commentary. Very cool. Uh, next time you can check me out will be at PCW Ultra's event on October 7th. I'll be doing ring announcing there, so you'll get to hear me yell everybody's names. That's a fun time. Uh, I thought the show was, uh, it was okay. I, I feel like it was entertaining enough to watch, but I also don't feel like there's anything to write home about. Uh, but thank you to everyone who joined us. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Thank you to Ricky, Dion, CJ, MDB, Max, Dream Realm, and Tommy O, and everyone else. Appreciate you all for coming through Man Cave Sessions. Uh, appreciate you guys showing up. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, and follow at Wrestling Inc. to stay up to date on all the wrestling news. We'll see you guys tomorrow for the After NXT podcast. Jimmy!